you would take your Bibles out and open them up to the book of Matthew. We are not going to be very long this afternoon. I want to redeem back some of the time that I took this morning in this sermon. And also as we are um, preparing to, to spend some time this afternoon as the men here at Lake Street and discuss things pertaining to the, the business of this congregation and uh, both the, of a spiritual and physical aspect. I didn't want to take up too much of our time this morning, but I wanted to speak about something that I thought, this afternoon, but I wanted to speak about something that I thought that would be beneficial in assisting with not only that meeting, but with many aspects of our lives, whether it be our marriages, whether it be the relationships that we have with our children, the relationships we have with friends, family, co-workers, all of these relationships can be greatly assisted if we will keep this concept in mind. In chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is delivering His great Sermon on the Mount. And as He discusses these things with the Israelites, trying to draw them back to a faithful desire to follow God instead of trying to wrestle His views and His commandments and His precepts to fit their own desires, He starts off with what we commonly call the Beatitudes. And I really want to just key in and focus on verse 9 this afternoon. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. That's a statement that the world doesn't oftentimes agree with. Peacemakers being something that is to be lifted up and something that is to be encouraged. Uh, oftentimes in our society, the peacemakers are not the ones that are rewarded. The people that are, that are trying to calm the situation down. The people that are trying... To, to not allow things to escalate any further. Oftentimes, they're not the ones that get the reward. Who gets the reward? Seemingly, it is those who wage war. Whenever we look at, at other countries that are being torn apart by war, we see dictators, we see tyrants, seem to be doing pretty well because they have flexed their muscle and they have shown this is my ability and this is my power and I will make you bend to my will. Whenever we are in school, some of our children may still deal with this today. Who is it that seems to get the reward? It's the bully that says, I want your lunch money and you're going to give it to me. And at the end of the day, I've got it. I'm going to get what I want out of this. And all of these pictures, dictators, bullies, they make me think of our dog. They make me think of our, I guess she's not a puppy anymore, but we have an issue that we have tried and tried to, to correct, and that is our dog likes to dig out of our backyard. She doesn't like staying in there so much so that for the last uh, several weeks she has been on a tether because she likes to get out of the yard so much. We're trying to find a way to keep her from digging under the fence, from biting a hole through the chain link fence. Anything she can do to get out of that yard, she's going to do it. Why? Because she's rewarded every single time she does it. I want to chase that cat that just walked across the sidewalk. I get out of the yard, I chase the cat, I got what I wanted, there's my reward. I want to go figure out what that smell is, what that sound is, whatever it is. I want something and, and this is my way to get it and I'm going to do it and there's nobody there to discipline her when it happens and so in her mind, I just got rewarded. They call that self-rewarding behavior. And the world thinks in this way. If I'm obstinate enough, if I'm loud enough, if I'm violent enough and I flex my muscles, I can get what I want. 
And therefore, my contentious behavior is rewarded, and I continue doing it. In verse 9 of Matthew 5, Jesus is standing in opposition to a cultural thought. And He is lifting up and glorifying those who would submit their way in the, in the form of trying to gather peace. Teaching that it is they who are truly going to be rewarded. And how will they be re- rewarded? They will be rewarded by being known or called sons of God. We need to understand what that means. And I think a good way for us to understand what that means is to look at Ryder. So everybody go ahead and look at Ryder. He's going to duck down and try to hide. Whenever people talk about Ryder and they look at him and they look at me, and what's the first thing they say? Well, he looks just like you. That poor thing's the spitting image of you. Everyone knows who Ryder's father is. Ryder is a son of Kyle. When we are peacemakers... When we're peacemakers, we called sons of God. Why? Because we look like God. We are demonstrating to the world His characteristics, His patience, His mercy, His forgiveness. We're doing that in our, gather, in our attempts to gather and secure peace. But why do you think peacemakers will be called the sons of God? Let's think about that for a moment. Why do we think that will cause them to look like that? Number one... Jesus came to bring peace between man and God. When we think about what our situation was prior to Jesus, we find in Romans chapter 3 that we are at odds with God because of sin. Romans 3, verse 23 says, All have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23 tells us what that has earned, the wages of our sin. What our sin has earned us is death. But Romans 8 Romans 8 and verse 7 says the carnal mind is enmity against God. Paul's been making this point throughout the book of Romans, but what he's saying is what we have earned for ourselves is the opposite of peace. We have made ourselves in contention with God. We have declared ourselves enemies of God by our sins, and yet Jesus is come to be our peace. In Ephesians chapter 2, probably knew most of those verses in in Romans, but in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 14, it says, For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the the middle wall of separation, having abolished in His flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in Himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that He might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And He came and He preached peace to you, you who were far off and those who were near. And through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Paul is telling the Ephesians there, Christ is our peace. And so if we're going to be peacemakers, we're going to be called sons of God, we're making ourselves to look like the peace that Christ embodied and came and provided for us in bringing peace between us and God. But if you also notice at the beginning of 14, what we read is it's not just between peace between man and God. He also came and He died to bring peace between man and man. Jew and Gentile could be brought together. There was no more this barrier of separation. He is reconciling them both to God in one body through the cross, verse 16. So it doesn't matter what your, what your past was. It doesn't matter if at one point you worshipped the gods of Greece and the gods of Rome. It doesn't matter if you grew up on this side of the Mediterranean or that side of the Mediterranean. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter because Christ died to make us one. To unify us under one God. 
and to make us one people and one family through the cross. And that's why we're called to walk in unity. The the Colossians are told by Paul in Colossians 3, verse 11, there's no longer a difference between Greek and Jew and circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. They are all at peace because Christ is is all and in all. And so He has come to bring peace between God He's come and man. He's come to bring peace between man and man. But one more time, let's think about what it means to be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Maybe to get a better picture of that, we should go over to a passage like Revelation 21. Keeping in mind what Christ has done. In Revelation 21 and verse 7, listen to the words that John records there. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now I want us to think about the language that he uses here for a minute. He who overcomes. The NIV, I believe, says those who are victorious. If you're reading from the ESV this afternoon, those who conquer. And the CEV, I imagine probably not too many of you have that translation, but still, that's a really good translation to get kind of a paraphrased view. It says, all who win the victory. Now what I want us to think about is winning the victory, conquering, being victorious, overcoming. Does this immediately draw our minds to peacemakers? No, we don't think about peacemakers in that way. We don't oftentimes think like that, but we should. Because we should remember who he's talking to here. Who is he talking to in Revelation 21? What is the the context of the message that he's providing? It's to people who are being brutally killed. People who are being ripped from their families. People who are being torn apart. Who are being lit on fire. People who are being murdered. All because they were trying to tell other people about Christ. Because they loved God enough and loved the world around them enough to try and introduce the peace of Christ into their life. That is a vivid picture of what a peacemaker is. A peacemaker is someone who tries to bring peace between man and God. And the only way to do that is to reveal to them the cost of their sin, both to them and the cost of their sin to God, that it brings them death and it, bring, and it costs God the death of His Son. To offer peace from it. But peacemakers try to bring peace between man and man as well. Remembering that in Christ there is no, it's going to be my way and this is your way and we're going to just have to go our separate ways. It's Christ's way. And so in Christ, we are unified by the cross. Then members submit to each other as they submit to Him. And they submit to the leadership of the local body, of the, of the eldership at that local body. And, and in the family, there's submission in the family. The wife submits to the husband. And all of these pictures of submission are intended to teach the world that peace comes through Christ. That it can be introduced through following Christ and following His roles and following the, the desires that God has. But lastly, lastly, a peacemaker's work is only finished when the peacemaker is called home. Be faithful unto death, Jesus told the Christians in Revelation. Be faithful unto death whenever you're telling people about the Son of God. They're striving to overcome. They're striving to be victorious. And I think we need to be very clear here. Not victorious in I'm right and you're wrong. Victorious in 
I was faithful to God's will to proclaim to others, to proclaim to the lost the blessed message of the Son of Peace. They're striving to overcome and to endure and to be victorious in that doesn't end until we reach heaven. This afternoon, what I want us to think about going into our, our men's meeting, going home to our families, going back Tuesday, I guess, to our jobs, maybe Monday for some of you, I hope not, Whenever we're going back into this world, let us think Matthew 5.9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. This afternoon you have an opportunity to become a peacemaker. If you've never obeyed the Gospel for the first time, you are still outside of the peace of Christ. But the message of Christ's Gospel is that even though you are outside of His peace, you can be brought in by turning from your old life of sin by submitting to Him as your Lord and following Him in obedience. Have you done that? If not, you have an opportunity to do that this afternoon. If you're not actively seeking peace in the world around you, in your families, in your, in your relationships, ask yourself, do I really look like a son of God? Am I carrying on the image, the image that Genesis tells us we were created in? The image of the Son that we are conformed destined to conform to become? Am I really carrying out the image if I don't look like a peacemaker? If not, repent from that. Devote yourself today to being a peacemaker, to bring peace to man, to bring peace before God. If we can help you with that, won't you please come forward as we stand and as we sing.